the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. We have a runaway market at this point in time. It seems to make new highs on a daily basis. Even though we keep hearing in the media that the economy is not that great. Let's bring in Dr. Jeff Rosen, ChiefEconomistBriefing.com. Dr. Jeff Rosen, how are you? Good. How yourself? I'm okay. Um, sum up what I just said there and give me your thoughts. Uh, we seem to have a runaway market, and yet our economy is not that hot, hot, hot. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a disconnect between the okay. stock market and the economy, and it's been like this for a long time now. And you know, the common thought of it is that you know the Fed keeps stimulating the economy, keeps putting money in, and keeps making bonds to be something uh, not desirable and you know people have to put money in somewhere so it ends up in the stock market and it drives prices up so you know is this a fed induced credit bubble or you know equity bubble it's it's pretty uh it's pretty good theory and, and i can't disagree with that do all bubbles in badly in this case the stock market <laughs> um they all end up badly for somebody. Um, does it mean that the whole market's going to crash? Probably not. Does it mean that there's a possibility that the whole market could crash? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a little bit slower of a more, uh, you know, slower growth or, or a slight pullback in um, in equities as the Fed starts tapering. But you know, if you look at the econo- you know, at the economy, Fed's not going to start tapering until next year at some point. So you know, there's a long way to go before that happens. I read a report out, I want to say by Goldman today, oh no, it was Credit Suisse, that they expect the 10-year Treasury to hit 3.1% in the second quarter 2014. If that happens, is that normalized? That's kind of where we should be? Or is that things are looking up in the world and that's where we should be? Or is that just a shot in the dark? I think it's a shot in the dark. I mean, okay. the Fed, if you, if you look at rates, you know, the theoretical models suggest that long-term rates are just an extension of short-term rates. So in order to get a 3% um, uh, move on the 10-year, you'd have to have, you know, Fed funds rate normalizing, you know, to at least 3% in, you know, a couple years, and then you know, go up a little bit from there. And I think that's not a reasonable outlook, um, especially when you look at the economy. I mean, if you look at if you if you do things based on the Taylor rule and you use just the economic uh, projections from the Fed, which are are no means conservative, you know, you, you don't get a, an increase in Fed funds rate until 2015-2016. So to get a three percent tenure at that point, it, it just doesn't make sense. You would expect that the Fed would start hiking rates well before 
the economy uh, is properly tuned. I heard a statement last week that I repeated with your Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, briefing.com yesterday, that I thought was kind of interesting. The statement was the stock market, the S&P 500, can do well when U.S. GDP goes between 2 and 4%, maybe not so well at 1%, really great at 5%. But we're now in a world where we're looking at world GDP versus U.S. GDP, if you want to see how the S&P 500 is going to do. Do you think there's some economic truth in that statement? Well, yeah, because you're getting some companies that are making you know, a large percentage of their profits from overseas. So if you're looking at a U.S. stock price, and the stock price isn't moving based on U.S. fundamentals, it's moving because they're expanding growth and making money and expanding their business outside, then you want to look at the world, you know, economy. If you're looking at a, you know, a company that's more U.S. centric, you know, looking at world GDP probably isn't going to do much in terms of overall trends in that particular stock. But as the economy becomes more global and as more companies in the stock market um, rely on global economic growth as their means of of increasing the business, then yeah, you're going to see more correlations with uh, with global trends. Okay, you as an economist, how do you pay attention to glo- do you pay attention to global data? Do you trust global data? Is global data as good as U.S. data? It depends on where it's coming from. The European okay. data is pretty good uh, for the most part. Um, Eurostat, which is the organization that kind of uh, conglomerates all of the uh, individual country estimates for GDP and stuff, it, it is good. Um, I wouldn't trust data coming from Argentina, especially inflation data. Uh, I don't necessarily trust data from China, but I look at China's numbers and trends, and I think the trends are pretty accurate for what's going on, but maybe not the actual uh, number that they're giving. Um, but there's a lot of things. I mean, when I basically look at global economic growth, I, I stick with the IMF. Um, they put out you know numbers, I think, twice a year on their projections, and they do a very good job of explaining why they think this is going to happen and why they think this is going to happen and that. And, uh, you know, I, I look at that, and, and, and I base my my forecast for global economic growth based on do I agree with the IMF or not. And, and I think their models are pretty sound. Um, what are you working on? I've kind of monopolized this conversation with my wants and desires. Let's hear yours. I am just basically trying to see where the consumer is right now. Um, we got the financial obligations ratio released by the Fed yesterday. It's a uh, basically it's a number that states what your what, what what percentage of disposable income is required on minimum payments for mortgages, your credit cards, and autos. And it's really, really low. It's about a one percentage point below where it was in the 90s. And a lot of this is because interest rates are so low that, you know, even if you have a relatively high credit card debt, you don't have to make a relatively high uh, uh, minimum monthly payment. And the same thing with car loans. You know, most people that got their car loans now are getting you know, zero to one percent, uh, you know, in, you know, interest payments on their car. So there's a lot of money that can be spent, but are not being spent. You know, because we have reduced our, our required rates, but they're not using that money that they used to have to pay to buy anything. So you know, where would the economy be if these people just, you know? woke up and said, hey, interest rates are low. I could afford to take on more debt at these rates. Why don't I spend more money? And we're not seeing it. 
next year, I've been recently talking about health care and the cost. I've gotten a lot of emails from people saying their health care coverage was dropped. They went to the website, the health care website, and it looks like it's going to go up $150 plus. So they went from 250 to $400 a month as individual health care mandates go into effect. Will that have a negative stimulus on the economy, if that's true? It's true if it's a negative on the aggregate. You know, there's always winners and losers whenever you pass, you know, legislation such as this. I mean, you'll have some people, you know, that have pre-existing conditions that are spending a ton of money every month because they can't get insurance to, you know, help alleviate some of these costs. They're going to save money. You know, someone my age, you know, I'm 35 and uh, relatively healthy, you know, you're going to see, you know, your health care costs rise because you weren't spending, you didn't need to, you know, have insurance for much. You didn't need to spend things. So you're taking money out of me, but you're, you know, giving money, so to speak, to somebody else. And the whole point then is, which is larger? You know, is it is the cost coming from me going to be larger than the uh, the money that people could spend that weren't spending it before? If that's true, then you're going to have better economic growth through the law. If that's negative, then you're going to have worse off economic growth. I keep getting inundated with calls about Social Security failing, Medicaid failing, um, the millennials, the 20 to 35s, not having children, and therefore they're not creating higher taxes for themselves with expenses tied towards houses and such. But they're not having kids, so maybe their grandchildren will inherit a good world because they won't have as many people on Social Security and Medicaid. <laughs> so the, the grandchildren and the millennials, are they looking good? I'm kidding. You're you're looking 2100 and beyond at that point. Boy, you know, I don't look nearly that far off. I mean, if you look at Medicare and Medicaid and Social Security right now, the way the law is written, uh, it's going to fail. I mean, it's just it's math. So the question is, what are they going to do to prevent that from failing, or are they just going to let it fail? And and, you know, likely it's going to happen. And and, um, Patrick O'Hare wrote this in a uh, in a, a comment on briefing.com the other day. Is you know the millennials are the ones who are going to get kind of screwed, and, and Gen X is is really going to get screwed because they're going to have to increase either the age that you can uh, receive these benefits, or the cost, or both. And you know, fair or unfair, that, that's the only way to keep the program going, or you'll have to end it completely. What does an economist like yourself, Patrick O'Hare, dress up as for Halloween this year? Well, uh, my kids are going up, grow, are, are dressing up as Darth Vader and Darth Maul uh, from Star Wars, and nice. uh, to fill in with that, I'm dressing up as Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> so, Good for you. Yeah, we, we, I try to stay away from uh, dressing up as, as an occupation, and uh, you know, as much as I could, unless I was a professional hockey player, then I would walk around in my jersey all day long. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that Darth Vader represented the um, industrialization of mankind and how we lost our souls in that process? Yeah, I never heard that there. Put that on your kid tonight. Just <laughs> put that on your kid. <laughs> He's only four and a half, so I don't think he'll uh, he'll quite understand that. We're having trouble with uh, the Lorax and uh, you know the destruction of, of the environment and what can that what that can do to the uh, to the world. <laughs> I love I love the human side of people. Thanks for sharing that with me. Thanks. That's. Patrick, no, that's not Patrick O'Hare. That's Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist with Briefing.com, Briefing.com. I myself am going as the greatest mystery detective of all time, Velma.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.